Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of DM Discussions, a podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, thank goodness, wonderful to be back, Ben Bumhofer. How you doing, Ben? Uh, much better than I have been, so it is it is great to be here. I am super happy that we're recording, we're able to talk about this stuff. Um, in case you are a longtime listener and this is not your first episode, you'll notice that there was kind of a big gap in production. Um, I ended up having to go to the hospital for some health stuff. I've been recuperating and so sorry about the absence of everything, but we're here, we're back and I'm raring to go. And, uh, boy, oh boy, do we have some good stuff to talk about tonight. And I am super excited to be able to talk to you again about this stuff, Ryan. And, uh, yeah, it's great. I am super glad that you're back and that you are feeling much better. That's what matters. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, also what matters is the D and D it's true. And guess what? In, (laughs) in the absence, they dropped not one, but two new unearthed arcanas. I know. Uh, one of them is a giant class one, and then the other is our very first taste of the new Dungeon Master's Guide, which is super interesting, mm-hmm. along with uh, some cantrip tweaks. So what we're going to do, because UA7 has been out for a while, we're just going to kind of cover the highlights and talk about a few few things um, from that. We're not going to do a deep dive into that one. Uh, we will talk a little more in depth about uh, UA8, which has the Dungeon Master stuff. And then we have a, a really interesting listener question that we wanted to kind of cover as its own topic as well, along with a few other uh, cool things that you might want to know about. So without further ado, UA7. Yes, uh, this was this was a UA that they dropped uh, Barbarian, Fighter, Sorcerer, Warlock and wizard. Um, there's a bunch of different highlights in this. One of the biggest of which is that class spell lists are back after, uh, almost what a year maybe of, uh, basically changing the spells into the, those three categories, like the primal, the the arcane divine and primal divine and primal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently they're going to change them back. Uh, and they listed a few reasons for it. A few reasons for it. Um, the biggest being, it's the wizard's fault. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true though, because uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before. The idea of a wizard is is that you should be able to, you know, research how magic works in other classes, types, and everything like that. So you know, it makes sense that. There's a wizard uh, uh, or wizards have access to a whole list of spells. I was going to say a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're going to go with a big list of spells. Big list of spells. And I mean, if, if, if you're playing Baldur's Gate, you know that if you're a wizard, you can learn a lot of stuff from all over the place. Uh, you know, there's a lot of really cool defensive spells, transmutation, evocation, uh, necrotic, like just all over the place. And when they had it with the spell list where wizards were only had access to like arcane, it really limited a lot of what they could do and, and took a lot of that, that 
you know, wizard fantasy out of it so that you couldn't really theme your wizard in a certain way because you didn't have access to the spells that you were used to. And, and one of the big reasons they gave too is they thought by giving other classes access to the same list of spells, especially as the wizard, it really uh, made the wizard's identity suffer. Mm -hmm. And to a lesser extent, the bard as well, Um, which honestly is understandable. Uh, I wish there would have been some sort of middle ground because uh, from a, from a standpoint of adding, it's probably much easier to add spells to a big list of three, right? Three like prime categories Mm -hmm. versus, versus uh, those individual spell lists maybe becomes a bit harder Uh, they're, they're doing it. They've done it before. Uh, they can continue doing it. Uh, it'll, especially as the game moves a little more digital, uh, spells can be upgraded or, uh, enhanced if say a new class dropped, Mm -hmm. say this class also gets access to this spell, right? Um, in whatever, whatever book, uh, it comes with. Uh, you could reprint the chunk of spells that it gets access to, along with any new ones that might be specific for it or any new spells that it gets access to, along with some of the other casters. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like the big thing still that is is still intact um, is keeping those. Those uh, categories of classes because that's what will allow them to hopefully potentially add full brand new classes and not have to worry about the verbiage mm-hmm. and such. That's, that's the biggest thing uh, is because you can then add them to a category. And then if everything is kind of based on categories, uh, it makes the game much more streamlined. Again, yeah. the spells were kind of doing that too but you can work around that a little easier. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's easier to, to plug and play. Hey, this is a divine caster as opposed to an arcane caster or something. And, you know, one of the fixes might've been, um, you know, maybe wizards just have access to all three of the, the, you know, spell lists or something, especially if you're going in or if you're doing like, say, um, and, and, a necromancy wizard or something, you have more access to like healing and things like that versus a transmutation wizard. You have access to, you know, maybe those types of spells that are in the different lists or, you know, something along those lines so that you're actually able to kind of still put, put them into that arcane list, but give them access to more spells that way. But I don't know, just, just an idea of spitballing here. It doesn't matter. But I mean, the, the, the thing that does matter is that like you were saying, the ease of adding a new class in that is a spellcaster. It, you know, we want it to be as painless as possible. Um, I mean, for home brewing casters, it, I mean, how do you decide what spells that you can get? Um, you know, if you don't have like kind of a, a clear connotation, unless it's like, okay, well, they're going to be like a sorcerer. So we're going to give them that spell list, or we're going to make them like an arcane trickster. So they only get those spells. You know, it's, it does make it a little more muddled. I, I think you're right in that. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to see. And like I said, there's there's been no indication that they're necessarily going to add more classes. I think if they're expecting this to be the 
the the iteration of D&D for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. They need to. There's a ton of design space. Third parties have proven this over and over and over again, that there is still plenty of design space, not just for subclasses, but for brand new classes as well. Uh, so I really hope we see more brand new classes beyond just the artificer that was added uh, mm-hmm. during five E's first iteration. Yeah, um, definitely. a few of a few of the other highlights, uh, Barbarian is getting their, uh, they, they have a new Path of the World Tree subclass. The uh, Totem Warrior is getting updated to the Wild Heart, which for those who play Baldur's Gate 3 will sound familiar. Apparently they worked with Larian uh, a little bit on this uh, and they kind of got the heads up for that. Um, attacking recklessly for a full round rather than just one turn. That uh, I really like. Because, yeah. yeah, being able to use a reckless attack on your uh, opportunity attack is a plus. Yep, I agree. Uh, uh, the Path of the Wild Heart has a lot of updated options uh, because this used to be the um, Path of the Totem Warrior. And, you know, it had all the different animals you can pick from. Mm-hmm. But Bear was by and large <laughs> the go to option since it. While raging, you basically had resistance to everything. Yep. But psychic damage. <laughs> uh, so that has been tweaked and changed. Uh, a little sad, but completely unsurprising. Um, and Brutal Critical got some damage buffs. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we'll we'll have the link in the show notes to the UA if you want to dive in uh, mm-hmm. and look at any of the specific changes. Exactly. Fighter uh, had some changes. Uh, the new Brawler subclass that excels. Which even- actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they actually are uh, excel at using improvised weapons and unarmed strikes, which I love this. You know, you get into a bar fight, you're picking up chairs, mugs, uh, bottles, anything you can find, bare hand brawling and stuff. I think it totally fits with that. It, it It's amazing. Uh, tactical it's, mind. It's interesting. It's interesting real yes. fast on this one, because I've been I've been reading since this has been out a bit. I've been reading about the internets, obviously, Uh there's a lot of people who are just like there's a lot of people who've been down on monks like the the monk changes in the last UA did not go near far enough. Um, monks need something more, et cetera, et cetera. And now this an unarmed fighter class comes into play and everyone's just like, oh, my gosh, like, are you are you kind of making a better monk in in some ways? So uh, it's it's interesting because uh, we did not have Monk in this. We didn't have Monk in UA8. So it'll be interesting to see where they land on that, because it sounded like that was one of the lowest scoring uh, classes from the previous UA6, I believe it was in. Yeah, uh, let's see. Other changes to the fighter is the tactical mind and tactical shift expand uh, the use of second wind. Uh, Studying attacks grants advantage on an attack roll against an enemy after you've missed an attack against them, which is pretty cool. It's kind of cool. And uh, Battlemaster and his maneuvers have been updated, which is always a plus. More maneuvers, different changes to it, and everything like that. I'm, 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 I'm Battle, all happy for. Battlemaster has just been such a is such a fun subclass. Mm-hmm. So, I I really love that. Um, sorcerer innate sorcery empowers your spell casting for a limited time. Uh, 
Sorcery Incarnate and Arcane Apothesis uh, boost your meta magic while innate sorcery is active. Sorceress Restoration is available at fifth level and scales now, which is which is cool. Anything, <laughs> all things should have scaling. Yes, in, honestly, uh, in my in my mind. And Wild Magic Sorcery now more reliably allows you to roll on the Wild Magic Surge table, which. Yeah, I totally get the flavor of you never know what's going to happen, but uh, it can also be incredibly frustrating. Mm -hmm. So having a little more control over that uh, is probably not a bad thing. Exactly. I'm with you on that. Uh, Let's see. So we have uh, Warlocks. Uh, Pack Magic is back. I know that war- the warlock changes everybody hated, so they're they're reverting a lot here. Other uh, than other than the one change they <laughs> they reverted, <laughs> which allowed warlocks to be charisma, intelligence, or yeah. wisdom, mm-hmm. which a lot of people absolutely loved. Um, yeah. it, it but they ended sense, up taking it out. Makes sense based on the patron, I think. And it really does. Yeah, I think, and I I feel like um, it probably got. Uh, got thrown out because of multi-classing yeah. and weird, weird stuff that could happen with that. But honestly, I don't know. I feel like there'd be, there's ways to work around that. Definitely. Because like flavor wise and patron wise, like you said, I, I love the idea of being able to use any of those three mental type statistics, especially another like intelligence caster. Mm hmm. Being able to do that, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Pack Magic is back. Uh, Eldritch, in- Eldritch Invocations are now available at level one, and your options have been revised. Uh, Packed Boons are now Invocations, so, yeah, okay. And uh, Mystic Arcanum is once again a class feature. Uh, patron spells are always prepared, which is a plus, considering that, Warlocks good. are... I, I feel Warlocks have always been crippled with spells and spell slots and all that stuff. Um, and then last uh, but not least... Uh, the updated Archfey Patron, Celestial Patron, Fiend Patron, and Great Old Patron subclasses. So things have been updated on all the different subclasses that they're offering. That's that's that that'll be pretty cool. And it, like you said, if you want to dive in to the different details, but there's quite a few changes in those. Mm-hmm. Um, Wizards uh, spell casting, the the their spell casting feature now allows you to swap out a cantrip at each long rest, which I, I think is super cool. Love that. It totally makes sense for wizards. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. I, I mean, how many times are you leveling up? You pick a, a, a cantrip that you never use. Yeah, yeah. I know. Right. It's, exactly. it's so true. It's so true. Um, memorize spell is now a feature. Haha. <laughs> And this is funny because we had that huge conversation <laughs> about this exact freaking thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, modify spell and create spell have been nixed. Yep. Completely gone. Doesn't exist anymore. Uh, delete that part of the podcast if you're listening to it. Uh they say uh, we previously introduced create spell and modify spell options for wizards looking to tweak and craft their own spells, but those options receive a mixed response or putting them back on the shelf, which is, again, I don't think they should have been spells, but mm. building in ways to customize spells is super cool. That was super, super cool. So I hope that it comes back at some point 
yeah, in some form. I, I agree. Just the way that they As went about feature. it didn't work. It, yeah. Apparently, yeah. It, apparently, there's a lot of broken stuff you could do with it. And it's. Uh, but the, I love the fantasy. I love the idea of it. I love crafting I, me as a wizard crafting my own signature spell. It's just like, here is TBK's volatile breath of, of volatility, viciousness. <laughs> yeah, that know. works. We're going to have to, we'll have to workshop it. We'll have yeah. to workshop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but honestly, I, it's, it's a great fantasy. So I hope they're able to figure out a really like good way to do it. That won't be too broken. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff in it. Uh, so if you want to deep dive, uh, go ahead and jump in. Uh, check out the full UA. The other one big thing I wanted to point out that was in UA7 uh, was a change to counterspell. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will. Uh, I think every pretty much everyone agrees or everyone probably to some extent can agree that counterspell is very strong. Mm hmm. Um, so it used to be you cast counterspell starts at level three, right? And as long as you counterspell another person's spell that is level three or lower, it just kills it instantly. Um, if the spell is higher, then you have to make basically, a, a check for it, uh, to see if you can, get higher than the person's spell level that they're casting plus 10, I believe. Yeah, which makes sense because you're magically trying to alter and stop another spell. Yeah. So they've changed it. So now it's, it's still a reaction uh, when you're within 60 feet. Uh, but you attempt to interrupt a spell in the process of a creature in the process of casting a spell. The creature must make a con save now against your spell save DC mm -hmm. on a failed save. The spell dissipates with no effect and the action bonus action or reaction used to cast it is wasted. Uh, if that spell was cast with a spell slot though, that slot isn't expended. I, I don't what do you, what do you like think? that. And the, the thing is, it's basically saying, okay, well we, we're just skipping your turn today as opposed to you cast a spell around someone who's a powerful spellcaster who is able to negate your attack. It's like, you know, blocking something that attack is, is used or, or, or whatever. Like, I don't like the fact that just like, okay, well my turn is skipped, but at least I still have my spell slot. I'm just going to try to cast the same exact thing again. Like, let's say we're, we're trying to do, uh, you know, like I I've got my one level six spell. I'm firing disintegrate. It's my one chance here. I'm going up against the big bad. It counterspells me. I don't get it off. It sucks as a player, but it's my risk that I'm taking to try to cast that thing in the first place. If you're a player going up against the DM, I, I don't feel satisfied if that spell slot is still there because they're just going to be able to use it right again. Anyway, you know, that that's of course, if the DM is using spell slots and all that stuff anyway, but I, I don't know. The, I'm, I'm just not a fan the of counter spell Because the counterspell still uses the spell slot, whether the spell goes off or not. Yeah. But then if 
other person spell doesn't go off, they get their slot back. Yeah. It's it's not it's, satisfying. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Plus, the thing that I don't like is the fact that it goes up against my spell save. Why am I going to take counterspell at a lower level when my spell save is like 15? You know, I, I wanted to get to 16, 17 or 18 or something like that so that there's a good chance that I actually do stop that spell. Because otherwise, I mean, you're going to be wasting the spell so many times it, it doesn't go off, especially if you go against someone with like a, a pretty good con and they're a caster. That's that's the biggest thing is that it makes um, it makes basically anyone who has um, who has what 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 word am I trying to uh, exp expertise? No, no. Um, proficiency. Proficiency. Oh, blah. Brain. Uh, it makes anybody who has proficiency in con saves casters, especially it, or it kind of makes it. So your casters will almost want or have to take proficiency in mm -hmm. constitution saves because it, it's makes it such a big difference now. And now too, the level that you cast counterspell at doesn't matter. Yeah. My fourth level counterspell or my ninth level counterspell is the exact same power as my third level counterspell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't change anything to their save. Their save is going to be the exact same, regardless of the level I cast this spell at, which that's, I think that's the biggest thing that doesn't sit right with me because at least in the old counterspell, there was a power scaling mm -hmm. to where if I cast a fifth level spell, then the person who's counterspelling me has to, then at least expend that much of a resource to stop me. Or they have to roll roll with 15 and or higher. Get, yeah. And get uh, and that means they only have a 50 50 shot of stopping me if they have a plus five yeah. right, to their to their modifier. So or I love the idea of that ninth level counter spell. That's it. Like, I stop you. I say no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, and it is it is gone. Can you imagine? And spoilers for the Vox Machina campaign season one that's been out for years. And I understand that there's a cartoon, but just go with me on this. Sorry. Can you imagine if Vecna is casting his teleport to get out of there and Sam uses his level nine counter spell? And Vecna's just like, Psh, I got a high con, peace. And just, yeah, just I make a con save. I make a con save with my insanely high con. Oops, I rolled a one legendary resistance. <laughs> yeah, because that actually brings legendary resistances into play now. Yes, with counter spell. It does. Which I think is BS. To be completely frank. Like, I don't think and I don't know if they thought through that or not, but like that all of a sudden makes it way harder to stop boss spells. Yeah, it, it's kind of like when you learn shield 
except you don't know what the DM rolls. It, it just, it's, it's pointless to have because just a shot in the dark. You never know. Whereas right now with counterspell, you can reliably cast it, especially if you know your, your spell levels of different things. Like if you are very well, well versed in spells, you can say, Hey, I know that's a level five spell. I'm going to use a level five spell slot for this. Or I have this spell as a level seven spell. Great. I know that I can block it with this level seven counter spell, you know, something along those lines. Now it's just a shot in the dark. Your spell slot is used no matter what. And they, they get a prize out of it anyway, either an unused spell slot or they get to cast. Doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I am not a fan of this iteration at all. And honestly, if for some reason this went through, which I feel like they're going to get a lot of negative feedback mm-hmm. because Counterspell is very strong, but at least in its current form, it can feel satisfying. It, it, it can, it's one of those things where if you counterspell like the boss spell, like if this was the case, if, if we use this spell in the finale of my last campaign, where they're fighting this green dragon who is spell casting. Guess what his con is way too high. <laughs> Guess how many legendary resistances he has three. Yes. So not only is he almost guaranteed to beat a 16, 17, 18 DC mm-hmm. of con because he only has to roll a like a seven, four, eight or nine or something like that. I don't I don't remember how much I don't remember exactly what his con modifier is. It's over 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but then if he doesn't do it, he can still legendary resistance out of it. That would have changed the entire fight. Yeah. For the worse for them. By and far. It It's almost as if this is addressing DMs who brutally use counterspell against their players versus the players using it against the DMs. And I I mean, I used to have the idea of like, well, if a a player can do it, I can do it too. And then I kind of, I use counterspell once or twice in my campaign. I'm kind of like, you know what? I am not going to be doing this against my players anymore. Unless it's like a, a truly like end boss of like an arc or the, the ultimate big, bad evil guy, because that's just not satisfying to the player. And it's a, it's a, a, a a decision that I've made as a DM. The players can do it to me as much as they want. That's perfectly fine. They chose that spell specifically to stop me from casting things. I want them to be able to use their spells at the right times and also creatively too. So and smart and, and smart enemies will be outside the 60 foot. Yeah. Like, like that honestly, first, <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the counter to counter spell. That He's, first counter spell goes off. It's like, oh, one feet away. I got to go that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that, I, I love that. We've talked about this as long as we talked about like the entirety <laughs> of all the classes, but yes, I, I am. It's they, what they've changed it to is very unsatisfying. Yes. And very broken from a DM perspective. And I would rather things be broken on the player end mm-hmm. than on the DM end. Yes. 
I completely because agree. I want them to be I I want them to be satisfied. I can make up my own crap. I can make up my own things. I can come up with my own ways to get satisfaction out of playing the game, mm-hmm. right? Players have much less control over that. And so I want them to be able to use the tools that they have and not feel like what they they took is a waste. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Especially because this is level three stuff. Mm-hmm. Like these aren't these aren't like super low level slots. Like if you're gonna keep this, change counter spell to level one. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like that would make a little more sense. Cause then at least you'd be able to use it in the early game when your, your spell save is so low. Yeah. Or you won't feel like you're wasting as much. If you, if your counter spell gets negated, right? Yeah. Because I feel a lot less bad about wasting a level one spell than I do a level three spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to give you an idea for a wizard that's at level five is when they get third level. Considering most campaigns give to maybe 10 or something, that's halfway through the game <laughs> that you finally get this awesome spell that he just is broken. has been nerfed. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyways, we don't like it back. We don't like it. <laughs> we don't like I'd much rather the slightly OP version to allow for the cool moments that I have seen that spell get used for. Yeah, they're hero that could moments. not that could not exist if the spell was in the version that it is in the UA. Yeah, it's 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 a literal hero moment. It saved lives. It's ended, you know, uh, escapes. It has done so many different things that it needs to be there for the players in, in that way. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, uh, moving on, UA8 dropped, and this was actually uh, very recent. Um, This dropped just, I think, yesterday or the day before. We're recording uh, on on a Friday. I believe just like Wednesday or Thursday. And so this is is very new. Um, This is the first UA that is talking about the brand new Dungeon Master's Guide for the 2024 revision. And again, I know we've talked about this a little bit. It's October. This is the first. <laughs> this is the first. We haven't even seen any. We haven't even seen anything from the new monster manual yet. We've seen. We're still working through. There's like there's still some decent work that needs to be done with classes. Like this is the very first thing we've seen from the Dungeon Master's Guide. It does not feel like they should be putting these things out in 2024. Like it feels, it feels like there is not going to be enough time to get feedback and to bake all this stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. I mean, unless we're really looking at like December. Yeah. Unless we are looking at literally at holiday season of 2024. And even then, obviously you have to have things done. I assume. And this is this is me just spitballing at like least October? a few months before you release to give the printers and whatnot time to print yeah. <laughs> all your books. That's what and, I would think. And the editing and layout that is needed for the finalized stuff uh, and everything. So at 
at most we have a year they have like a year at like the highest of high ends uh but likely more like six to nine months and it does not feel like that is enough time to cover everything that is is and should be looked at very true but anyways let's get into the cool stuff uh they previewed a brand new system that is going to be coming with the dungeon master's uh, guide in 2024 called the bastion system. And this is basically what a lot of people have been wanting. What has shown up in third party supplements like, uh, uh, strongholds and followers and kingdoms and warfare from MCDM, both of which by the way, amazing books, amazing five E supplements, highly recommend. Uh, but this is basically a system within the DMG that allows people, uh, your players to build, their own bases, build their own houses, build their own bastions, <laughs> right? <laughs> to use to use the actual term. So player uh, housing and, in D&D. &D. Yeah. <laughs> player housing, like legitimate player housing mm -hmm. in D&D &D that mm -hmm. actually has systems and mechanics and stuff kind of embroiled behind it. And this is super cool because this is basically, uh, I think it's something that comes in at level five and then you unlock... Uh, like these special facilities. So you can make your house like you want. And then they got all a uh, whole list of these special facilities that you can put into your house that will do extra things. And then you can hire people and they can work on stuff. And then every seven days of game time stuff happens and you can make roles. And uh, the DM has a chart that can find out like things that go on in your bastion, things that might happen to it. Maybe it gets attacked Maybe your your people go out on an expedition and find a magic item or something like that. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, starts at level five. You get additional special facilities at nine, 13, and 17. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's fairly in-depth. It's like 20 pages. There's like yeah. 20 pages of stuff in this UA. Uh, I made sure to grab it. And like you said, it's only it only came out like a day or two ago. So I've not gotten to deep dive a whole lot into this yet. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just kind of scrolling through like some of the cool things that you can do. Uh, basically, uh, one of the things that they say is that you can have as many rooms as you want, uh, you know, d depending on if you have angry neighbors or not, which I think is really cool. Um, but it, you can do different things. Basically, from, like, just limit it. Just limits the special room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you get super simple things like a garden, a library or barracks. I mean, that's just at like level five. You can get a smithy a workshop. Uh, and then as you know, you progress and everything, you can like turn it into a gaming hall. You can have your own stable, add a teleportation circle or a theater to it. Um, trophy room, which I think is really cool. Once you get to 13, you're looking at like a meditation chamber, a menagerie, an observatory. And then once you get to 17, this is when it starts getting like really insane You get, you can have your own demi plane, which is awesome. You can, you know, create your own guild hall so that you, your adventurers can like create their own guild and bring people in. Um, you can have a war room so that you can like kind of figure things out and all this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of really neat things in here and I, for one, am super excited for when this comes into play. This is really cool. 
it gives your 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 characters something to to really call home without just being a place where their stuff is when they're not adventuring and agreed in in giving them like especially like things that they can continue to run or make profits off of and stuff like a gaming hall or a theater and things like that this is just really cool like really really cool it adds flavor to the adventuring party themselves and this is probably something that a lot of groups dms whatever have been doing for a while but just in a either much looser sense a i'm using some third party supplement sense or i had to write all the rules myself sense mm -hmm. right um and so having something that is unified mechanical uh that can potentially be added to then in further supplements in the future i mean I could totally see them releasing another rule book type thing in the future. And a whole chunk of that new rule book is extra stuff for bastions. Yeah. Right. Uh, so having like a core building, like a really good solid core system and then being able to add to it later, that's, that's really the dream. Right. And so <clears throat> you basically can get these bastion points uh, depending on the rooms you have and the things you can do, and then you can spend them on different things. Yeah, I, I really think this is a phenomenal idea. I'm very glad that they are thinking of they, they've systemized it uh, and put some structure around it and they're putting it in the DM, the new DMG um, and that. I, I, I will almost certainly use this in future campaigns. Yeah, and on top of that, too, like instead of just creating it, they've also put in rules for like the fall of Bastion, like what happens when you don't issue any things, you know, w within a certain amount of time, like, you know, the hirelings said they abandon the place. They, you know, look for, for new work. If they're not getting paid, uh, everything's looted out of there, you know? So like, if you show up like three months later or something, your passion's completely <laughs> trashed. You know, you might have vagrants living in there or something like that. Um, they've added like different events and stuff that can come in from like, uh, friendly visitors to like an honored guest, a criminal hireling. Um, they've really put a lot of thought into this and there's a lot of really neat stuff. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think this will be a very cool system. Uh, <clears throat> the survey for it has obviously not been released yet because uh, this just came out, but we again, will have a link to the show notes on dndiscussions.com uh, with where you can download the UA and check it out for yourself. The other big piece of this UA is some revised cantrips. And these are basically like 10 cantrips that people had a lot of issues with, uh, have been, there are very obviously issues with, uh, and they are going back and basically buffing for the most part. Uh, honestly, out of all these, there was only one that I saw that it, I didn't necessarily agree with because it was kind of losing a little bit of its flavor. But uh, just quickly, Acid Splash affects a five foot radius sphere and is an evocation spell now. Blade Ward, uh, this one's fun, uh, is now a reaction. Yes. That imposes disadvantage on a melee attack roll. This is huge. This mm -hmm. is huge. And this is, we've talked about this before. This is the kind of stuff I want to see. I want to see more reactions. I want to see more bonus actions. Uh, so having like some reaction cantrips, give them to me. Is this too powerful to have 
I <laughs> a cantrip that imposes melee disadvantage on on a, a a reaction that imposes melee disadvantage is a cantrip, maybe. But uh, it's still cool. It's but still cool. At the same time, you only get it once per turn. So if you're, you're going still up using against your reaction, I know you're going up against someone who's got two attacks. You can you know give disadvantage on one of them. Still going to get maybe hit with the other one. So not yeah. insanely powerful as as you level up, but. At first level, yes, this is a great thing to have. Super cool. Super cool. Uh, chill touch is now a touch spell. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Because <laughs> every time I, I mean, see chill, I, chill touch, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not picking that. I got to be in melee. Oh, no, it's ranged. It just makes sense from the name perspective. And they mm-hmm. increase the damage uh, because they're, they took the ra- away the range. So they're increasing yeah. the damage some, which makes is cool. Sense. But I mean, it makes sense, right? It's, it just makes sense. Uh, friends requires the target to make a wisdom saving throw, uh, but the targets are no longer hostile to you after the spell ends. That's why this I is, never chose that. Yep. That they, because they were hostile to you after it ended. Yeah, exactly. It's like, great. It lasts for like maybe a minute. And then all of a sudden someone's pissed off at you. It's like, no, that goes against the idea of friends. Yeah, I, I, I at least like this. <laughs> it it makes it a little more like charm person, mm-hmm. like a, a charm person light. Yeah, essentially now, which which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I think overall, that's it's a good change. Uh, poison spray increase the range requires an attack roll instead of a saving throw and is now a necromancy spell. Poison spray has always been one of those funny ones because <laughs> not because it's necessarily bad, but because so many things are immune to poison. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's been more the problem I've seen with poison spray than anything. Uh, produce flame. Again. Ryan loves this. They changed it from an action to a bonus action casting. They increase the attack range uh, and it can now target objects. Yeah, again, makes sense. It's like Dragon's Breath. You cast it and then you choose to attack with it. Oh, like it. Love it. Love it. I love it. Uh, Shillelagh uh, improves at high levels and offers the option to deal force damage. That's cool. Again, scaling. Mm-hmm. Scaling mm-hmm. is good. Um, Shocking Grass. This is the one that I don't necessarily agree with. And I've seen... Just even from the comments uh, of this article, a lot of people don't disagree with or a lot of people don't agree with. It stops opportunity attacks instead of all reactions, and it no longer grants advantage against enemies wearing metal armor. I don't like this because I don't I love spells that can have that situationalness that have that flavor. Yeah. Like heat metal. Right. That is it's it's situational. Like if you're not fighting anything, it's something that has much metal. It's it's not going to be worthwhile, right? Yeah. But it's super cool when you're fighting a lot of dudes in armor. Whereas this, this is one of those things, too. It's just like if something is wet or you make something wet or uh, something is wearing metal armor, and I, I say that because uh, I've been playing so much Baldur's Gate 3 because <laughs> electrical spells do more when things are wet. Mm-hmm. I want those types of interactions like that's super cool. It's very thematic and it just makes sense. Yes. So that, that yeah, 
Uh, Spare the Dying is now ranged instead of touch. The range increases as you level, and it appears on the Druid spell list. Eh, you know, whatever. It's, it's one of those things where Spare the Dying... I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like does did did having it be touch make you need to strategically put yourself in slightly a worse position to make it happen? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I I I I'm kind of I'm kind of ambivalent. I mean, on this one. the way I kind of look at it is, okay, you do have healing word. I mean, granted, it's not a cantrip, but that's a range. And then you have cure wounds, which is a more powerful heal, but that's a touch. So I, I can see, okay, we'll spare the dying. It doesn't bring them back up or anything. They just don't fully die. Range, okay, cool. But at the same time, you're stopping them from dying. So touch makes more sense. Like, I can see both ways. And honestly, either way, I'm fine with for Spare the Dying. Because it, it just makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, <laughs> True Strike. The literal worst cantrip you could possibly take. The biggest trap option. Let in just, just to refresh you. Why <laughs> True Strike is completely freaking worthless. It's it's got an action cast time. It's a concentration of one round. You point your finger at a target in range 30 feet. Your magic grants you a brief insight into the target's defenses. And on your next turn, you gain advantage on your first attack roll against the target, provided that this spell hasn't ended. So you're burning an entire action to get advantage the next time that you might not keep if someone hits you and you fail your concentration check. I mean, in theory, you, you can cast this on someone else. <laughs> I know. It, not worth it. It's, it's a worthless cantrip. Like... Uh, there's there's a reason Baldur's Gate changed it <laughs> like uh, but they they in this UA they have changed it mm -hmm. now it allows you to make an attack with a weapon using your spell casting ability offers the option of dealing radiant damage and then deals bonus radiant damage at higher levels. Thumbs up. Yeah, that's kind of more fitting with what I would assume that spell would do. More fitting, more interesting. Like, uh, yeah. I just feel like the other one is going to be worthless like 95% of the time. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty because much. instead of, instead of, <laughs> you could do two attacks with an equal chance to do damage, or you could do one attack with a better chance to do damage doesn't make much sense to me. Nah, not so much. Uh, but that's it. That's UA8. So uh, if you want, we again, we'll have the link. Definitely check it out. 
check out the Bastion system. Uh, the feedback will go up here. Usually in a few weeks, uh, they put those surveys up. Uh, I know they're probably trying to speed up the process somewhat. Again, <laughs> 2024 looming uh, very near. So yeah, it's uh, hopefully I know. I know it's uh, it's it's going fast. So we will make sure to shout that out when the survey goes up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, jumping into a listener question that we wanted to cover. Uh, we got an email about a situation where uh, a player wanted to have their character change class. And but they didn't want a new character. For obvious reasons, new characters are hard, mm-hmm. right? New characters are hard. That, that's it's a fully new mindset to get in. It can be hard to integrate into a party, especially a party that's been around for a while. I mean, we we covered this. We had a whole segment on on this uh, and some of the complexities uh, of just trying to integrate new characters. So you want to know what's what would be a good way to go about having a or character change a class. So there's a there's a few things I was thinking about when when I read this email. I mean, so number one, you could just do it, yeah. right? You could just do it if you could hand wave it. Uh, probably talk to everybody first. Um, uh, I mean, talk it, to the player. It, it all comes like, down to like how integrated into the story do you want this to be? Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, because at the end of the day, you want your players to be having fun. And if a player has come to a point of I'm not having fun with this character anymore, or I'm not having fun with these abilities, but I really like this character, the, the concept of this character mm-hmm. I really like, but this class I picked or this subclass I picked or whatever is just not doing it for me, or I'm not enjoying the mechanics or whatever, um, I think is a very valid reason to have that discussion with your, with your game master. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's one of those things where I think Ben, you said it perfectly, how integrated do you want this to be in the story? There's so much cool stuff you could do, especially with casters, right? Uh, like, uh, changing from a warlock to another class, uh, incredibly thematic. You could do something with the patron you know, uh, being betrayed or them betraying the patron or the patron abandoning them or, or something, uh, and them being picked up by, uh, another entity, uh, or a divine being, if they wanted to be a cleric or a paladin or something instead and things like that. Even more so you can always kind of alter the sorceress origin and switch them over to sorcerer. Cause there's a lot that kind of like matches up warlock and sorcerer as well. Yeah, so those those caster type transitions uh, can be necessitated fairly easily in a lot of a lot of ways through uh, story stuff. Um, there's, uh, I mean, take a generic fighter, right? Uh, fairly easy to transition that to like a paladin. Mm-hmm. They found Join religion. the church, yeah, or a monk, even. Uh, 
They found inner peace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, their their uh, patron uh, is Buddha. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of those types of things that you can do. Uh, if you wanted, if you needed something more, um, I guess, flashy or spectacular, like a, a fighter, uh, or some sort of martial class transitioning to a caster, an event could happen. Some sort of magical disturbance, mm-hmm. energy, uh, basically any superhero origin just yeah change it to yeah. magic instead of radiation you're set yeah look at look at uh we we talked about this um i'm, I'm pretty sure ben we did a segment on the origin type stuff or uh if you're looking for inspiration look to comic books mm-hmm. yeah right uh for for those those types of things um i know this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit but there's a there was a really cool article on D&D Beyond that just came out uh, a few days ago uh, for Planescape and Planescape is multiverse stuff. Um, and one of the things they talked about in this article is like. Uh, I believe they're called glitch characters. Yes. Right. So think of glitch characters as uh, if you've seen the Marvel stuff uh, variants. Right. If you watch Loki uh, variants uh, where other versions of your character that exist in a different time, in a different space um, that in this particular Planescape type article that may end up swapping between during play at different times, popping in and out uh, and allowing you to play your character different ways. And that's really cool in and of itself. But if we're talking about maybe not a planescape spell jammer or, you know, something, something multiversal mm-hmm. necessarily type of campaign, uh, but have an event happen that basically swaps your character to a different version of themselves. They mm-hmm. may be the exact same. They may have had all the exact same experiences or close to it. Right. Yeah. Except this version of your character is a paladin instead of a wizard. And this event happens. The singularity happens. Something happens where they are swapped or something happens where the timeline shifts ever so slightly. Everyone else seems fairly unaffected. Your friend seems unaffected. They remember you. They remember everything you've done. They remember all the things about you. There are infinite timelines, but they just so happen to be a paladin instead of a wizard. Yeah, that totally works. Um, You know, there's always uh, another magical route of like, hey, they could be cursed. Something happens to them where... Um, let's say you're sent on a, a quest to find something or whatever, and uh, you have to retrieve an item. They grab it, and it sucks all of the magic out of them. They're no longer a caster. They want to feel useful to the group. They start studying uh, sword play, become a fighter, or they're pissed about it. They become a barbarian, <laughs> or you know maybe they're working on uh, trying to, you know, do some self-preservation, hiding in the shadows. They become a rogue. You know, there's 
or or maybe this is just open their eyes. They find religion. I mean, there there's so many different ways that you can go about it of just, again, how integrated into the story do you want it to be? Do you want it to be a big plot point or do you want them to get hit in the head with a rock and then they're just a different class? I mean, it, it, it really kind of goes to that. And I think that's, you know, if, if you just open up your imagination a little bit, you can find some really great ways to go from any class to any other class there there's, I mean, getting into a warlock class is the easiest thing that you can possibly do. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. want some power? Here you go. Boom. Done. You know? It, oh, and by the way, <laughs> all ties that you had before are severed. Wait, what? Yeah, no, you're with me now. That, that, that's it. You know, it, it's, it, it's kind of cool like that. Again, paladins can kind of do the same thing. They, again, we just kind of joke about it, but they find religion. Same with clerics. Any sort of training, you know, if there's downtime, you have all of your marshals. If somebody decides that they're tired of adventuring and they want to, you know, um, be a performer, boom, you got a bard right there. Turns out because they have this magical gift inside them already, they're able to cast spells stuff out while playing a lute. They never knew that before. You know, they, 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 <laughs> they answered the job board of want to learn loot lessons or, you know, something along those lines. You, you yeah. Give they that. awakened and they awakened their inner song. Yeah, exactly. Magic. Yeah. And th there's a couple different ways that you can do this too. You can always multi-class into it if you want to, and then slowly like kind of trade levels as you know, the game progresses, if you want to go about it that way, or, um, you know, keep the levels that you already had and then just level going forward in the new class, or again, just completely flip it, change it completely. However you Big want bang it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's multiple ways to do it. And, um, again, after you talk with your player, you kind of can decide how you want to go about it. Yeah. And again, at the end of the day, I think what you said really just sums it up. It's how integrated with the story do you want it to be? Cause there's always ways to do it that makes sense in story mm -hmm. or that you can kind of twist into making sense in the story. At the end of the day, you again, you want your players to be happy with what they're playing and uh, the, the type of thing that they're playing. But there, there are always ways to necessitate uh, and bring about these sort of changes fully in your world because magic exists. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always ways to bring that about if you want to. Yeah, I think so. And of course, last but not least, uh, you go to bed one night, you wake up, you're a different class. You just tell the party, hey, I'm a monk now. You're like, okay. And then you move forward. I'm a monk now. I've always been a monk. <laughs> That's so 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I am paladin. I have always been paladin. <laughs> War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to go into that. Oh, good book, my. though. Very good book. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, yes, uh, thank you for asking the question. And, again, if you have any other topics you would like us to cover or questions you would like us to go over, uh, dndiscussions at gmail.com. We love to see those. We love to hear from you. Thank you so much for sending those in. Uh, 
finally, we're going to wrap up. This is this has been a very uh, there's a lot of been a, been a lot of officially things happening lately uh, because one of the other big things that had happened that just kind of got dropped down since we recorded the last episode is D&D Beyond launched a VTT. Yes, not not the 3D one. No, that they've been talking about, but, but it's a start. Uh, an, yeah, an honest to goodness 2D one with tokens and a map and and whatnot. And that, that's uh, about it for now. Yeah, it's it's fairly bare bones right now. Uh, you can go to D&D Beyond, and if you are subscribed at the, I believe it's like the master tier, whatever yeah, the, the highest DM level, level is. um. It is under the tools. There is an alpha for maps. Uh, maps let you basically pull in your campaign, uh, so you can still see like all the roles on the side. Uh, it'll have all the characters, uh, and if you're making running a pre-made campaign, uh, it will actually have all the maps for that campaign as well inside of it that you can then use. And they're going to start doing that apparently for all the adventures going forward. And I would assume they will slowly uh, work through the backlog of as well of adventures that are already released that already have all the maps and stuff done for it, uh, where you can easily then uh, put those maps up or you can upload your own maps and tokens and such. Um, It is still obviously missing. Uh, a lot of the things that I feel like you'd really need if you wanted to use it as your primary map tool, mm-hmm. because you've got the like you've got the encounter builder, you've got the roller, you've got all that D and D beyond integration, which is really cool. Having it all in one spot is is very nice. But they're still missing things like you know the a the, ruler, the measuring the, the ruler, the yeah. measuring tool, the pointer tool, the draw tool. Uh, stuff that you can do with your tokens, uh, sessions, controls and, and stuff like that. So they actually, it's, it's, it's bare bones. Yeah. But it's an alpha. It's, it's the very beginning. But I love to see that they are doing something for the VTC 2D variant. Mm -hmm. That it's not just going to be, here's this crazy unreal engine (laughs) 3D thing or bust type thing that's that that's going to be kind of its own deal completely its own thing if you want to use that but if you don't having a vtt built into dnd beyond where all your stuff is likely uh is going to be very very positive and they even have a roadmap on their page that they are uh, like here's the stuff we're going to be doing through the rest of the year the pointer tool and draw tool, the token enhancements, the game session functionality, user controls, uh, tool improvements, game log, more accessibility, uh, more token options, the the measurement tool. <laughs> That's a Yay. gigantic one. Um, ping tools, uh, user experience improvements. So there's a lot of stuff planned throughout the next three months that they're going to be adding to this. Uh, but they're what do you think, Ben? They're probably at least halfway to 
Albert rodeo. Oh, level. I would think so. That, definitely having used Albert and just kind of dabbling in this definitely agree. I mean, um, I've uploaded one of my maps to it. Just kind of, you know, looked at it. Um, one of the best things about it is, is that you can set the scale of, of, uh, your squares. Like, so the, like size of tokens and everything like that. So that actually you put it on the map, it automatically, boom, this is the size of the token on it. And I absolutely love that. That's one of the things about Albert that gets a little tricky sometimes where it's like, my map is really big. The squares are super small. You put a token on and they're gigantic compared to the map. You know, this will auto size it and stuff, which is pretty nice. But, um, so basic maps, they've got a mushroom cave, grass field, just grass, uh, wood floor, red sand, snow, water, a boat, and some stone tiling. So just like if you need a map on the fly, they've got some there. Um, source book wise, they've got everything from Big B Presents the Glory of the Giants. And then Adventures, they've got uh, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, Giants of the Starforge, Keys from the Golden Vaults, Lightning Keep, and then also Fandelver and below the Shattered Obelisk. So all those are already there with every map from the book. Basically, just as you see it in the book. So, you know, you can get in there and jump in uh, and do what you need to in it. And it, it's kind of interesting how they have it because they have the DM version as well as the player version. So depending on which way you kind of want to go with it, you have options. Kind of like it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. I think there's a lot of promise. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of promise to it. Definitely. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a big that'll be a big thing. Um. Also, uh, there are a few uh, freebies on D&D Beyond right now uh, that you don't need any level necessarily for to claim. Uh, they have a new adventure called the Lightning Keep that is a four to six characters level three uh, that they're releasing in conjunction with the brand new Minecraft D&D crossover. Uh, it is free to claim right now. Uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to check that out. And then as well, um, you have until <laughs> and this is funny because this will come out on Monday. Uh, so October 9th. So it's already gone. Uh, well, this is today is the sixth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they so they updated this uh, a few days ago. Um, Lost Minds of Fandelver is going to become legacy content. Now, if you own it, you're not going to lose it, mm -hmm. but you're not going to be able to get it for free slash purchase or whatever it anymore on D and D beyond. If you have it, you'll retain it. But, uh, it is actually, it was kind of the starter adventure. It was the starter adventure for a very long time. Um, then you had Dragon of Ice Spire Peak that came out. That was a, a starter, uh, the, the, the essentials set, right? Uh, and then they recently, not too long ago, released uh, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. And that's the new starter set that is currently out there right now. So Lost Mine of Vandelver um, is going to be replaced with a new free thing called intro to storm wreck isle uh and this is basically uh something that will lead in uh 
uh, perfect experience for new dungeon masters to run for a table of players looking for a short, accessible introduction to D&D. It includes two encounters, Voyage to Stormwreck Isle and Drowned Sailors that tie into beginner-friendly Dragons of Stormwreck Isle adventure. Uh, Lost Mine was kind of remastered and reworked and added to the Shattered Obelisk Mm -hmm. that just came out. And so that's kind of their reasoning is that content is updated, remastered, and it's in its new adventure. And now they're going to have something else kind of as a freebie uh, for you to get your feet wet if you basically just sign up for an account. So, yeah, uh, you'll have one day <laughs> to cl- like one or two days to claim uh, Lost Mine. Well, see, that, if you want to, that's after this episode comes out. So. The link that you posted says you have till October 6th. You click on that. It says you have until, or the link you had said, it says you have until October 10th. Click on it. It comes up as you have until October, October 6th. So either you'll barely have a day or two. If you listen to this on Monday or it's or already gone, it's already gone. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's the we'll exact see. link that I clicked and click on it and see if it comes up for the six for you. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so we'll see. So <laughs> yeah. we're just we're just we're making you aware. We're yeah. making you aware. Uh, if, if you want to <laughs> Stormwreck Isle, man, check it out. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so there's a few freebies. Um, so you'll be able to grab one or the other, or maybe both (laughs) if you get to it fast (laughs) enough, uh, of those things from D and D beyond. And then of course, uh, the planescape book is, uh, or I guess, uh, trio of books is going to be dropping very soon. Early access is already out. If you pre-ordered digitally, um, and so very excited to dig into that when my my copy arrives. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, did you mention Lightning Keep? Yes, that was okay. the Minecraft. Oh, right. That was the, yeah, that was the one they kind of released in conjunction with the, the Minecraft crossover, because I believe that came out just a few days ago. That's uh, right. So if you want some more D&D in your Minecraft... That's available. Now. <laughs> That's available. Now Gosh. That's a thing. They're just releasing so much stuff. I can't even keep track of it. They, they, they it's this whole like back half or even back like third mm-hmm. has been wild for releases because they, they released big bees. They released the shattered obelisk. They released uh planescape or it's about to come out. And then they still have the, uh, deck mm-hmm. yeah deck of many things that's coming out next month so it's it's like it's like a <laughs> it's like <laughs> a pre-20 it's like a pre-2024 D revision uh fire sale it's like oh crap uh, we gotta get all the stuff out before we revise yeah. everything you're right yeah <laughs> Oh man, it is kind of what it feels like. I've I've never I don't think in any year they've had I'm quite kind of the okay deluge that. of books 
I just don't have enough money right now for all That's of them. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, That's usually problem. I'm on top of everything on D&D Beyond, but now I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be missing out on a couple things. This is not good. Yeah, I, I'm probably, at least for a little bit, I'm probably going to skip the deck mm-hmm. book. Because Planescape, I, I love setting books. Uh, there's there's an adventure. There's a setting book. There's uh, a, a monster compendium. Very excited yeah. for for that set. Very excited for that set. Uh, it sounds like the adventure is super cool, super interesting, uh, and it has a jump to like 17th level. Yeah. So yay for high level content. Talking about I'm, glitch I'm characters. Slapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm very uh, I'm very happy. I want to see more of that. I'm glad. They they they're doing something high level. DMs need some official stuff to to look at to mm-hmm. to help maybe model after. So uh, again, let's let's see twelve to twenty. Let's see fifteen to twenty. Let's see ten to twenty or ten to fifteen, ten to eighteen, twelve to eighteen. I, I want to see more of those types of things because give give your game masters. The, more stuff to model their high level games after more mm-hmm. incentive to get to those high level games and dungeon of the mad mage does not count. No, doesn't count. It was not, it's not tiered like an actual adventure adventure. Like, yes, it goes up to high levels or whatever. It's, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. I have read through it. It is, it is not, <laughs> <laughs> it is not the same. Does not say does not count. Does not count. All right, Ben. I I think that's an episode. Yes, yes, it is. Um, Welcome th- back. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is normally where we talk about our adventures. I have definitely not played, so <laughs> just shooting that one ben, right down. You've right been there. a little busy. You've been a yeah. little busy. I'm I am still on my hiatus. I I play in a curse of Strahd campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like my, my one campaign I am, I'm playing in right now. Uh, I am <laughs> hilariously. It's been on hiatus for a little bit too. Uh, but it's, it's starting back up again, uh, this Sunday. Uh, very excited. I play a very, uh, <laughs> a very Castlevania, uh, Trevor Belmont esque, uh, character who I am absolutely in love with. Uh, his name is Lucius Belmont, uh, modeled after Monster Hunter, obviously. Um, and super, super fun character. One of my favorite characters I've played, honestly, in a very long time. So I'm excited to get back to that. Um, DMing, though, still a little bit out. Still a little bit out. It's it's coming. It's coming. Well, it's good. Ideas. Ideas are forming. That's very things, good. Things are happening, but it, it's uh, we're not not quite there yet. Yeah, I've got but, to uh, finish up working on a one shot for my niece um, and, of course, get back into the regular swing of things. So uh, you'll be hearing stories soon. Soonish. Good. Very glad. We'll need a we need a bit of like a recap when it happens. Yeah, definitely, because it's been a bit. The, the a players themselves are definitely going to be needing a recap. Yeah. L- luckily, we <laughs> ended up with a, a good, successful mission and they just went back to their home. So. Good, yeah. good. You you had a nice little pause point. Exactly. It, it was perfect <laughs> instead of for having a... this like massive cliffhanger for like two or three months. Exactly. It's like you just finished. You're back at home. Ben's going to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 it worked so out really sad. well that way. <laughs> but it did work. That 
in that case, yes. Yeah. In that case, it worked out. Exactly. Uh, well, awesome. Well, I'm glad to be back. Uh, you should too. start seeing uh, our normal episode cadence again uh, here soon. So be looking for that. Uh, but again, especially for those who are new, Ben, why don't you tell everyone where we can be reached? You bet. Um, as Ryan mentioned earlier in the show, if you want to send us an email, if you have any questions or want to tell us about what's going on in your game, send those emails to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Um, if you are on the Blue Sky Social, definitely check us out there. We are at dndiscussions. Uh, Ryan is at tbkzord, and I am at Ben Bumhofer. Uh, now, if you want to actually listen to us play D&D, well, you're out of luck for Ryan at the moment because his character has gone on a secret mission to outer space. Sorry, that's Buzz Lightyear. Um, a, a secret mission of her own. Um, but uh, my character following has been going er, pl- continuing on through Rhyme of the Frostmaiden on plus five to hit. Uh, check that out. And Ryan, I need to tell you something that happened in our last session that is not published yet because I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, aside from that, though, everybody, hey, make sure you check out all of our other episodes. As we said before, this is episode 97. There's 96 others. So there's plenty of content out there. If this is the first time you've heard our show, we've got a lot to talk about, about a lot of different things, a lot of different topics, classes, races, monsters, tons of stuff. So check out that backlog on whatever your preferred podcast player of choice is. And of course... Last but not least, everybody, thank you very much for joining us and listening. We have a wonderful time talking about D&D. We hope you have a wonderful time listening. And until next time, everybody, roll well and be good to each other. Take care, and we'll see you soon.